Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. Thanks for joining us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show. Just a single story long, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill them with some great storytelling. We've got some for you today. We're excited to bring you a Pippa White story. But first, we want to remind you that we bring you a few of these bites each week in preparation for our Thursday full hour-long episode drop. That happens again each Thursday. And this Thursday, you're going to hear uh, an hour of stories with the great L.A. storyteller Antonio Sacre, who visited us in the Appleseed studio, recorded a whole evening's worth of stories before our terrific studio audience. And they're stories about... Well, there's stories about being a parent, and you're really going to love them. In fact, some of these stories went on to become uh, Antonio's award-winning album, The World's Second Best Dad. Join us on Thursday for an hour with Antonio Sacre. In the meantime, I'm thrilled to be joined in the studio by our producer, Dr. Brian Tanner. Brian, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's great to be here. I mentioned the Pippa White story. Tell us about it. Yeah, you know... Uh, spoiler alert, in a few <laughs> weeks on the Appleseed, we'll have a Pippa White, uh, a big Pippa White story featured in our main full-length episode. Right. And as I've been putting that together, I've been kind of doing a deep dive on Pippa White. And yeah. man, there's just some really good stories. And uh, I found this one. I just really, really like it. This one was captured live at the Timpanoga Storytelling Festival in 2012. Uh, it is called The Great Blizzard of 1888. Um, And Pippa White is well known for being a historical teller. She takes stories from history and then brings them to life. And you'll see in this one, she has these rhyming couplets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a poem she delivers. Yeah, you know? yeah. I love Pippa's stories because not only are they historical stories, but they also often feature children. Right? Yeah. It's, it's the children of history yeah. who are front and center in these stories. Yeah, and that's basically what this story is about. It's, it's about these children caught in a very terrible blizzard yeah. and the— the courage and resourcefulness that they show and also their teachers as well. So so yeah. watch for that, the, the ways that they were courageous in a really terrible situation. The Blizzard of 1888, told for you by Pippa White, recorded live at the Timpanogos Storytelling Festival. Happy to bring it to you at today's Appleseed Bite. I am a history teller, and I have a story for you tonight about the Great Blizzard of 1888. It was one of those once-in-a-century weather events. The blizzard started in Montana, and it came down on an angle, so it missed North Dakota, but it really battered South Dakota and Nebraska. It's called the Children's Blizzard, and for kind of a sad reason, it hit during midday, and children were in lots of little country schoolhouses in those states, and they tried to get home, and some of them didn't make it. So some of the victims were children, hence the name, the Children's Blizzard. There's a couple of things you need to know. I'm going to refer to uh, McGuffey's, and for many decades in this country, McGuffey's were the standard reading textbooks in our public schools, and they certainly were in 1888, so that's a bit of information for you. Also, you may know that in, uh, in the Plains states, they often built little funny-looking houses called soddies. They were made of prairie sod. The, the ground was full of roots, and it was kind of a clayey soil, and they made great bricks, and so I will refer to a sod house. So this story uh, has to do, it revolves around a little schoolhouse, which was right smack in the middle of Nebraska and right smack in the middle of the path 
of that storm. It was January 12th, 1888, and it wasn't even cold. No, all through the state. The morning was mild. It was lovely. It was strange that after weeks and weeks of winter, after weeks and weeks of snow, after weeks and weeks of freezing, temps of 10 and 20 below, well, yes, it was strange that suddenly it was spring, springtime on the range. January 12th, 1888, and kids will be kids, and they just couldn't wait to race outside, to run, to play, even though, yes, it was a school day. I don't need my jacket, and I don't need my hat. Look, Ma, it's sunny. How about that? I don't need my scarf or my gloves. Not today. We'll even get recess outside, I'd say. I don't have a worry, and I don't have a care. Well, who could blame them on a day so rare? A day so rare. Minnie May Freeman, 19 years old, built up the fire, though it wasn't really cold, in the prairie sod schoolhouse by a river called the Loop, where she taught 16 kids, her own little troop, taught them to read and to write and to spell, arithmetic, history, geography as well, taught them literature and penmanship too. Little ones, big ones, Minnie knew what to do. Minnie Mae Freeman, 19 years old, brought out the McGuffies, or so I'm told, on the morning of the 12th, when it wasn't even cold. First graders, page 19, second 43. Fourth and fifth show third how nouns and verbs agree. Older boys and girls, your papers now are due. Jackson, please collect them, then turn to 92. Don't look out the window, you know better, yes you do. Quiet, please, in class. We've got work to do. We've got work to do. And then around 11, the sky turned bleak, and the schoolhouse door began to rattle and creak, and the temperature went from sweet to mean, a drop in temp like nobody'd seen, a drop in temp of 18 degrees in three short minutes, if you please and then another 18 degrees. But that was just a tease of what was to come. What was to come was a wall of white rolling towards them with merciless might, rolling towards them with a relentless howl, rolling towards them at 60 miles an hour, rolling towards them. But have no fear, said Minnie Mae Freeman, we're going to stay right here. We've got enough coal to last all night. If it comes to that, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And then the door was off its hinges and it skittered across the floor. Minnie and the boys put it back, but it tore off the hinges once more, so they nailed it shut while the wind did roar around a little sod hut. While the wind did roar around a little sod hut. We've got enough coal. There's nothing to fear. We're going to sit out this storm. We're going to stay right here. We're going to stay right here. And then a gust from the heavens... No, it had to be hell. Tore the tar paper roof off the soddy so well that it left a gaping hole, and in came the snow and the wind and the chills of three and four below. Three and four below. A hole in the roof, 
Now you've got no choice. Minnie, stay calm. Heed the inward voice. No amount of coal is going to heat your school now. you got to get out, and you know how. The door is nailed shut, so the window is your door. Everybody out, one, two, three, four, 14, 15, 16, do just what I say. We're going to my boarding house just half a mile away. Just half a mile away. Half a mile of blizzard like never seen before. Not snow, but a powder of ice and grit and more. A strange killing powder like knives against the skin. A strange killing powder amidst an awful din. A strange killing powder <gasps> sucking breath away, whiting out the world. But onward come what may. Onward come what may. Survivors of that storm have a few things to share. They talk of the suddenness, the shock, the blare. They talk of visibility, which was virtually none at all. They talk of mental confusion, the terror, the squall. A wind so strong, how can I stay upright? A snow so fierce, what's happened to my sight? A freeze so cold, can I really move at all? Will I ever live to tell? of the greatest storm of all, the greatest storm of all. What happens to time when you battle nature's wrath, when your eyelids freeze shut on a non-existent path? What happens to a story of courage, pluck, and might from so very long ago Well, things get quite embellished? According to some students, there was no rope that held them all together, their last and only hope. But it's also true that you could not see. All survivors say this, you could not see. Could not see your hand, let alone your way. So how did it happen? Minnie got them all, all 16, to safety on that day. Several fell down, and Minnie went down too, but they got back up, no small feat to do, because they say Minnie died on that January day, because once down, well, down was where you stayed. Down was where you stayed. So they must have held hands, looped arms, bunched tight. They must have known instinctively that together there was might. Must have thought, we're young, we can make it, that's the truth. Ah, they had the confidence and cockiness of youth. How long did it take? No one will ever know. How long from school to house through painful blinding snow? How long to cups of soup and a blanket's warm embrace? How long before they realized it was luck or chance or grace? How long the prayer of thanks as a grateful parent cried? How long before they questioned, why me when others died? And did the people wonder, was it luck or Minnie May that got our kids to safety on that most treacherous, cruel day? Well, one thing Minnie did that no one can dispute. Minnie acted quickly, chose her course. She was astute. She was only 19, but a general in a dress. There was only time for action, and that she did address. Because on January 12th, 1888, every minute counted, every minute held your fate. Minnie Mae Freeman didn't cry, didn't doubt, didn't wait, hesitate, didn't fret, got them out. 
Minnie said later, a heroine, not me. I only did what anyone would do, and that was flee. But then it was awards, renown, tribute, fame, a song, a watch, a pension, and 80 proposals of marriage came. <laughs> to Minnie Mae Freeman, 19 years old, who got her class to safety, got them to the fold, got remembered as a saint, a heroine, young and bold, a tribute to all teachers, or so I'm told, because she marched into that blizzard saying, children stay by me, together we can make it, together is the key. And that's a good life lesson we're still learning to this day. Together, we can do so much. We can triumph, come what may. So, thank you, Minnie Mae. You didn't want it, but we're sold. You're the heroine of that blizzard on the 12th, when it wasn't even cold. Thank you. The Blizzard of 1888, a story told for you by Pippa White, the Nebraska storyteller who specializes in telling stories from history. That one, of course, about a blizzard in 1888, in the face of which uh, a group of children and their teachers showed really remarkable uh, courage. And I love that story so much. I've been listening to it not only with you, but with Brian Tanner, our producer. Brian, again, that's favorite for me. Yeah, no. And (laughs) when I was listening to this, it brought up a couple memories. One of them was just an experience of being caught in a blizzard. You know, (laughs) it was eighth grade science day. And they took us to an amusement park um, because I guess... Science, roller coasters, yeah. some triple <laughs> I, I force, can get there. Yeah. Some, something That's like right. that. You know, I, I, I don't remember the day being terribly um, <laughs> educational, but I, I remember it being like late April. So early in the season for, for an amusement park. But by that time, you know, we were well clear of snow. Yeah. But then halfway through the day, all of a sudden just out of nowhere, blizzard, blizzard, blizzard. And I remember huddling in the arcade. You know, everybody, everybody's in there and calling parents and trying to get rides oh, back. Wow. And it was yeah. just, you know, and it was the same kind of thing where it was just like these teachers had to spring into action yeah. um, in a way that they weren't expecting yeah. on, on a day like this. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't a dire situation there there nobody's life was at stake yeah. at this but it was just i i like stories like this where you know the the teacher in the story says well i didn't i just was kind of there i just kind of i just kind of ran i just kind of yeah. did the thing that seemed obvious to do yeah. but sometimes when you're in a crisis that can be the thing that that needs to be done right. and that is heroic to just have the the wherewithal and the presence of mind to do it it really is amazing uh, the heroism shown sometimes by people who didn't know they had it in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we lo- long ago uh, in an in an interview on the Appleseed, we talked to a woman who told us her story. She had been uh, a school teacher in a school that was rav- the town. The entire town was ravaged by tornadoes, and she remembers uh, her own kids in another classroom. But the students of which she was in charge, you know, her her kindergarten charges yeah. huddled with her arms around them as this tornado came oh, through. Wow. And I think, you know, we 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 find ourselves doing remarkable things and showing remarkable heroism, remarkable courage when it's called upon, even when we think that we again, we might not have that in us. Yeah. 
Yeah, and to think what a terrifying experience that would be for a child and just to have the reassuring presence of a of a grown-up saying like, "Hey, I I can help. Yeah. Come come here. I know what to do <laughs> to help calm them down and get them through the experience." Yeah. It's a remarkable story, and it was a delight to share it with you on today's Appleseed Bite. Tune in uh, the very next Thursday that happens for an evening with Antonio Sacre. That's our full hour-long episode drop this week. Antonio's wonderful storyteller tells good-hearted stories about being a parent uh, before our studio audience, and you won't want to miss a word. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for a bite brought to you by the Appleseed.